just having that omni-channel approach, I think it's a very huge win that a lot of uh, brands can already you know start figuring out. And most help desks right now support that anyway. So I think that's a pretty good win there. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, where we're dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I believe running an online business does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, Electric Eye is here to help. To apply to work with us, visit electriceye.io slash connect to learn more. Now let's get on with the show. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. I am your host, Chase Clymer. And today, I bring to the show GQ. GQ is the co-founder of LTV+. We know some of the same people, oddly enough, that we just found out about 5 minutes ago. Anyways, LTV+, is an outsourcing partner that builds outsourced customer experience teams for e-commerce brands in any time zone and any language. So that's a lot of words. And we're going to talk about what that means and why it's going to help your store and why you should have something like that kind of embedded into your brand. Uh, But before we get into that, uh, GQ, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Chase. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So what were you doing before LTV Plus? Oh, gosh. So I started out um, doing a little bit of music production, actually. So I wasn't in tech, wasn't in e-com at all. Completely not not anywhere close to it. Uh, Did a bit of uh, music production, got inspired to join the tech industry. And I got my first job in tech as a customer success manager. That's what kind of led me down the whole customer success, customer experience direction. Uh, worked at worked in a tech company for about two or so, uh, one or two plus years, working a few startups, and then finally I got the chance to just start this business with uh, my partner David, um, whom you met in uh, Unite two years ago, and we were really you know down to just share this remote outsourcing experience with people because I think uh, what people are typically used to is when they work with an outsourcing company, a lot of it. Is coming from like you know a physical office setup, but we were we you know we really believe in the remote direction, um, and so we decided to start this two plus years ago, and we've been going at it since, um, just you know running LTV plus and just getting out there. Absolutely, it's so wild how many people in this industry come from a music background. It's cool how music and creativity and kind of tech like all are intertwined. Um, myself, I was in a band forever, and that's kind of how I learned. A lot of this was that wasn't paying the bills. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I guess you could, yeah, I guess you could kind of put it that way. Um, so, so when we did it in Singapore, yeah, you, you kind of like uh, I, I think one of the biggest things that we had to do back there is that you'll be playing a lot of cover gigs just to you know make ends meet if that's the case. And then while, and then during your free time, you're doing like music production, writing songs, you know, uh, writing for for pop stars and so on and so forth. But yeah, it does get a bit uh, harsh. Well, what, what 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 do you play? What do you play for an instrument? I played bass in the band, but I started on guitar. Nice. Uh, well, I'm kind of like the opposite. So I started off with bass and then switched out the guitar and keyboards over time. So nice. Who, who, who do you like to listen to for, for bass? Uh, you know what? I'm not a huge like snob, instrument snob when it comes to it. But like the first one that's going to come to mind is Getty, Getty Lee. I mean, Rush is amazing. Oh, wow. Okay. 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 I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> awesome. But, but it's nice. Yeah, I, I think it's, you're absolutely right. In fact, I, there is another guy that I know. Um, I think Gaetano, who's now in Nextiva, I believe. And he he's also a musician and a songwriter. And funny enough, because uh, I'm currently based in Kiev and he came by. Uh, so like he, he's like really killing it at sales. And uh, he came by to Kiev for a performance and he had a lot of fans there. I was like, dude, like, wow. <laughs> it's like, you have a fan base here. It's like, yeah. It's like, wow. So by day, you're like a salesperson and then I like, you know, sell 
skills for a professional and expert. And then at night, you're like, the, like killing it in music. So it's like, it's, I, I completely agree with what you say. Yeah, the best of both worlds, right? Best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. Yeah. Alrighty. Cool. So let's get into it here. Uh, so LTV Plus, uh, you guys offer customer support and and you know let's kind of just take it back from there not even just your business but kind of just like why is this important to store owners like you know what are going to be some of the problems that they're probably experiencing uh before they realize this is something that they need to find a solution for sure so essentially when you want to build out the entire customer experience it starts one aspect of it is customer support right and so you want to be able to you know get back to people on time you want to be able to help people make the right purchases and if they have any issues with their shipping their orders and maybe just picking out a product you want to be able to respond to that and help them now one of the biggest things i think that we see here is that when, before people outsource it they usually you know, figure out, okay, how do they want to build out this process? And then when they suddenly start to see a lot of volume come through, maybe it's like an influencer campaign that kicked off and, you know, just get like 50,000 people just overnight or something like that, right? Or it could be that they see this gradual increase and they're not able to keep up with finding the right people. And they're just, they just want to focus more on the growth of the company. They want to focus more on, you know, uh, building the brand and they want to focus more on improving the customer experience as a whole. And that's kind of when they start to think about, okay, is there a partner that I could possibly work with to help me take care of the, uh, not necessarily the legwork, but also, you know, figuring out how to hire people, how to train people and just have that as a fully functioning department on its own so that they're just able to feed information, feed, you know, product updates and just letting people know, okay, these are the new processes and the new uh, promos that we're running. And so that, you know, that the teams can just run automatically on their own without having to uh, do the heavy lifting to build out the entire process. And yeah, and I think like another part of it also is that when people start to consider an outsourcing partner, it's also drawing upon the, um, you know, the expertise or the experience of the outsourcing partner. Uh, based on you know working with multiple Shopify brands, for example, or working with different e-commerce brands and, and just bringing the best practices together to help the company out. That's something that uh, dawned on me yesterday. Is when you're a consultant, you know, or you're in like you're on the app side of things, you're experiencing problems and unique use cases and solving things so much faster than a brand will because you're experiencing it at such a higher volume. We're usually working with about twelve people at a time, mm -hmm. so we're we're learning about this industry. We're learning about weird idiosyncrasies of Shopify. We're learning all that stuff 12 times faster than your average person. Now on your end, I'm, you're probably working with dozens of brands. So it's you're learning these... Uh, just what is working in your industry and in, in within you know uh, customer experience teams, you know, dozens times faster than just someone trying to tackle this on their own. That is definitely true. There is like, there, in fact, what's really interesting is that a lot of the best practices that we share with different clients is kind of like a, hey, we we, we did this before, and you know, let's let's share that with you. But also at the same time, it's something that we could discover like yesterday. Uh, you know, like like so for example, um, like some of the best ways that we've been working with tagging in in, uh, in help desk or gorgeous, for example, we we figured out certain rules that we could set up, and then we say, hey, you know, for for clients for other clients that are on gorgeous, we could test a sim. 
a, a similar setup as well. And um, I think one thing that's also interesting is that it's, it's not even just about the best practices itself, but you know, um, drawing upon the fact that uh, with a shared resource within the uh, outsourcing partners' um, operations, for example, within the company, you're able to get you know a fully full fledged uh, training department. You're able to get you know. Um, uh, people that basically working processes and you're just plugging into to that system and therefore uh, you know you as a business as a brand benefit from the from the whole uh, let's just say the whole setup. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes without saying, like just the opportunity cost there. The fact that if you're trying to tackle something like this yourself, and this could be even just outside of customer experience, any big undertaking that you're going to take as a business, it pays to actually use someone that knows what they're doing when trying to build that out and implement it. While it's more expensive upfront, the opportunity cost of you twiddling your thumbs and paying the hard way, which is like by failing or making mistakes and, and doing things 3 times before you do it right, like that opportunity cost, you got to take that into consideration when you're weighing your options on, you know, trying to tackle like the next big project within your business. That is so true. That is so true. In fact, what's really interesting, uh, when we were at the Ecom Expo in London last year, uh, what some of the trends that we noticed were that uh, were that you know quite a number of customers, and you probably see this yourself as well uh, with Electric Eye. You know, um, your uh, clients are more inclined to kind of hand off a majority of the. Uh, um, parts of the e-com business, you know, in terms of operations, in terms of marketing, and they just want to focus on growing the brand itself versus having to, you know, oh, I have to manage customer experience, I have to manage shipping, I have to manage marketing, you know, so they might be more geared towards maybe even marketing or sales, for example, but even building up the site, for example, they'd be happy to outsource that so that they can just focus on what matters to them. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's the only way that you're going to grow. You need to grow your team. Uh, you know, I feel like there's probably a lot of brands out there uh, that are... They found product market fit and they're super lean and they're just starting to realize that they've hit this ceiling where it's like, you know, we can't really grow anymore without getting people to help. That is correct. That is correct. I, we definitely see the same thing. And what's really amazing, though, if we take Shopify as a start, um, a lot of partners are in this space and they're just helping out brands on the market. And everyone is just kind of, it's such a healthy ecosystem that, you know, if you as a brand today, you're not sure where to go next to help you grow your business, you can literally chat with one partner who then, you know, say, hey, you know, we take care of this for you, but we know someone else who'd be good to help you with this other aspect of your business in this space. And it's just like a really healthy system that's been built. And, you know, Brands can easily thrive as a result once they're ready to uh, start outsourcing or start uh, delegating other aspects of their business to other people and sharing that, um, I guess, sharing that part of their business with uh, other agencies. Absolutely. So let's let's circle back to the the topic at hand, though. So live chat experiences uh, and, and customer service. So before we get into that. Um, is there some kind of like a metric, say maybe uh, gross orders or or sales volume, where this makes sense to start to have other people in place other than like the business owner? That's a great question. So um, <laughs> unfortunately, the answer is not as straightforward as I like. Um, but so that's a that's a really good point that you brought up. For example, the amount of uh, volume, right? So let let's put this in the context in terms of conversations, since we're talking about live chat or email. Now, when you as a brand start off, you know you probably get X number of visitors to your site, and you probably get X number of uh, conversations that happen once you run your help desk. 
where it starts to make sense, it, it really depends on, first of all, your product and kind of the experience that customers are having. For, for brands that are, you know, hey, let's, it's like pretty much touch and go. We, we've seen some brands where they work a lot with landing pages and very minimal uh, number of pages or products on their site where it's like, you know, maybe one or two products uh, that they're focusing on. They just you know, sell it at high volume and where, where conversations start to kick in or when they should consider probably outsourcing that is when they're maybe hitting around, I don't know, uh, maybe 2,000 conversations or so or 3,000 conversations uh, because they can no longer take care of that and they, and they want to free themselves up from, you know, from doing the day-to-day and to focus more on strategy and more on the brand. That's kind of where I'd say that would be a good uh, part to start outsourcing, a good point to start outsourcing. Another part of it is also it really depends on your vol- uh, web traffic, right? The number of unique visitors coming to your site. Now, typically, um, we could say, hey, fifty thousand to one hundred thousand people uh, as a start uh, to every month is it's not a bad start. But um, if you've never run live chat before, you wouldn't really know exactly how many people are going to start hitting you up. So we recommend, you know. Uh, we recommend uh, you know brands to start by maybe having like a uh, a very passive live chat where you just have the chat bubble there and just see you know how many people actually come through while maintaining your own in-house team. And then the next step would then be to see, okay, cool. Uh, let's start hitting people up where you start doing more proactive types of live chat where you know you, you could activate uh, conversations when people come to the site within 30 seconds. You could activate chat on high intent pages or even on checkout where you know maybe for example your bounce rate uh, at checkout is like one minute, right? And then but then like uh, you could have a chat bubble kind of kick in around like 50 seconds or so just to make sure that people have everything that they need. And so when that when you start to test all these different aspects of proactive chat and live chat out, that's kind of when you get a really good uh, feel for how many conversations uh, that will come through. And then you can figure out, okay, how much of that can I do in-house? How much of that do I want to outsource so that a company can look after that for me? So it's, it's really a mixture of you know uh, the conversations that you're already getting, how many unique visitors that you're actually getting at this stage. And uh, yeah, and if you've never explored a communication channel before like live chat, you probably want to test it out and figure out, okay, does it make sense if it's going to be giving you a lot of conversations or is it just going to be like, oh, it's going to be relatively quiet. I can still manage. Oh yeah. That's a great answer. Let's be honest today. All of your customers are going to have questions. And what are you doing to manage all those questions? Do you have a help desk for your business? One of our sponsors of today's episode is Gorgeous. And Gorgeous is the number one rated help desk for e-commerce. It integrates seamlessly with Shopify. We have installed it on a bunch of stores. It's also used by brands like Movement and Rothy's. And what it does is it takes all of your customer insights and information, brings it into one amazing dashboard so you can solve their problem as quickly as possible. If you want to give Gorgeous a try, visit gorgeous.link slash honest. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot L-I-N-K slash H-O-N-E-S-T to get your second month free. So when you're moving towards these live chat features, um, you know there are some that are standalone. There are some that are kind of looped in with uh, more robust ticketing systems. What are some of the more popular solutions that you see for just communicating and tr- and tracking uh, these interactions with customers? Uh, what are kind of like the more popular ones in the space? Uh, when you mean interactions, do you mean like across all channels or primarily chat? Mm, that's a great question. Um, well, uh, the reason I'm asking here is because I want to differentiate here between the tool 
that is being used to communicate with customers and then the team that is using the tool to communicate with customers? Because there's two different things we're talking about here. Okay. Okay. So in terms of tools, uh, well, the popular ones that we see right now, especially in the Shopify space is gorgeous. Um, so that, that you're able to actually track the interactions, you're able to track uh, which agent is doing what. And of, of course, like, you know, the nifty functions like leaving internal notes and uh, tracking the revenue that's packed to your uh, tickets or your check conversations is also really useful uh, because, you know, you want to know, uh, and I think a lot more brands are very interested in this right now, it's how much revenue are you generating from your contact center, right? Because uh, you know uh, we we believe like like the contact centers can be profit centers. It's just a matter of how you keep track of that and what kind of initiatives you run. So Gorgeous is one example. Um, live Chat or Live Chat Inc is also another example. Um, Zendesk can also do that, uh, but you would probably require uh, a little bit of you know working a little bit with Google Analytics to pull out more information. Uh, but those are kind of like the top three ones that we see right now. Um, there's, there, I could go on forever. There's like a, a full list of apps that, that people could work with, like customer. Um, there's also uh, what else is there? Um, uh, Reamaze, for example. Yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch. I'd be happy to, sh- to share more, but um, yeah, there's just really a full list out there. So that's amazing. Cool. So once you kind of get a tool in place, and then you're starting to get a team in place, what are you know some of the things that these this is going to do? Are it's going to increase conversion rates? It's going to reduce chargebacks? You know, how is it doing this? So, for example, when you start off with a specific tool and and manpower, right? The two things you want to balance today is your how much of it can you automate and how much of it can you use, you know, uh, human agents to kind of step in and improve the overall experience. Because I think one of the popular debates is, um, you know, can chatbots replace human agents? The answer probably at this stage is uh, not quite a lot. But they can do a fair bit that's pretty useful to help increase the uh, quality of the experiences that you can provide. So uh, let's let's say, for example, if you're running, um, you know, um, chat for for your store, right? And you're you're thinking about how can you uh, increase conversion rates with your store um, with your live chat. Uh, let's let's just say you use a tool that that you have live, where you have live chat. You could be running proactive, uh, you know, uh, chat conversations or chat messages, which which I mentioned earlier. Um, the other aspects of that is also um, automating that, um, depending on whether or not your chat tool has a uh, maybe an AI or like a chatbot element or, or an automation element. So some things can, that can be done with, for example, Gorgeous. It's like if someone were to ask you something like, "Hey, where's my order?" You know, uh, Gorgeous could just pull out all the information for you straight away and send that to your customer, and your agent does not even have to step in. And that that kind of saves you a lot of time. And so, uh, your agent, your your team of agents can now then focus on perhaps like you know more complex inquiries, like uh, where where you know people are just like frustrated and they're like uh, they they, they want to complain about something or they perhaps want to uh, get a refund. And then just an automated message will obviously not <laughs> do any brand any good at that stage. And that's kind of where your your agent can step in and just find out what the issues are and address those concerns immediately. I'm sold on live chat. I think it's an amazing tool, but I hope that it's going to impact somebody listening to the show. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and and to be to be clear, it's not like a magic bullet, but I definitely we have seen um quite a bit of an improvement overall with live chat. So, uh like like what I mentioned before, if you're if you're on the fence of figuring out whether or not live chat is something for you, you can always just test it out. Just put it up there, do a passive way where you just have the bubble and then have those conversations and see how much it impacts conversion rates in a good way or a bad way because uh, we have seen like really three different uh, scenarios. One, it's literally not having chat there 
at all is actually better than having chat, uh, even a chat bubble or even being proactive. It's just the nature of the demographics that come to your site. But we see more towards, for example, where just having the bubble, they're building a sense of trust, um, showing people or customers when they come to your site that they're able to easily reach you. That helps to ease them along to make a purchase versus uh, not seeing like any real-time support available. Uh, and then finally, of course, uh, the, where you have the more uh, kind of active one, where you're you know you're proactively reaching out to people and just chatting people up and and you know helping them uh, with their uh, product inquiries and maybe even recommending proper products uh, to them, um, then that also can help you drive sales and maybe drive sales uh, more so than just having it passively. So it really depends, but um, I would say take it with a pinch of salt, try it out, and once you once you do, you know you can find out uh, which. Um, I guess which version of live chat will work best for you and, and on, on which pages. Yeah. And then there's kind of a whole separate side to the first kind of time that you're running live chat, in my opinion, is that it's like a secret conversion rate optimization tool. Because when you start to see patterns of people asking the same questions before they're purchasing, it means you're not answering that question on your product page or through your marketing. So once you start seeing those patterns and you start implementing changes to kind of let the customer be aware of the answers to those questions that they keep having, you're going to see those contacts like those people aren't going to be reaching out with the same questions anymore. And it's going to increase your conversion rate. That is that is true. That is true. It's kind of like a, a situation where you know uh, you may have a lot of conversations for for a certain topic, and then uh, once you get that, then things start to die down, and then that's kind of where you can improve, like you mentioned, like your overall customer experience, and even uh, what aspects of the FAQs you could be improving, or just kind of uh, improving the messaging on your site or the product, just so that people understand what the issues are. So it's a really good feedback tool to have chat, and not even just chat, but you know, um, an email support, for example. So you're able to figure out, okay, cool. You know, if people are complaining about, you know, not being able to purchase this product in X color, or if they're not able to access a certain feature on your site, that's, that's going to, that's just going to be like some things that you can immediately act on. And these are like easy wins that you can just pull out from day-to-day conversations. And what's really interesting for us is that, um, you, you know, when you have a conversation via say Facebook messenger or email or live chat, each different channel, you know, the kind of conversations you will have on each different channel will be very different. So someone who's emailed you about a topic A, uh, you know, they, they may not mention that via chat. They might talk about something else via chat instead because it's just the nature of how you converse with people. So that's something to bear in mind as well. Absolutely. Hey, GQ, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Is there anything that I forgot to ask of you or that you think would be worth sharing with the audience? Um, I think one thing that will be really interesting is the omni-channel bit. So if if you've not uh, already connected your social media platforms, voice or text uh, to to your help desk, you should probably consider that because um, it really gives your age... Well, it, do, it does two things. One, your customers can essentially reach out to you on any platform uh, pretty much very easily and they can get an immediate response because today your customer experience team is able to respond to people uh, quickly and also obviously with quality. But the other aspect of that is just giving your agents or your team the context of the conversations that they're getting. So for example, today, if I were to give a phone call to, to you and then you know uh, the next day I, I send you a text message, but 
you know, another agent picks up the conversation, they would know that I would have called before and they could actually listen to the conversation and understand where I as a customer am coming from. And I think that's one of the very important things that, that uh, e-com brands need to really uh, get start doing. Uh, because sometimes we, we might find like uh, certain clients where they're, they're just having like social media separately, where they have a team that does it, which is great. But, you know, what happens when, you know, the social media team is asleep and you're, and you're running this, uh, you know, 24-7 support and you have uh, customers from the other side of the world, what happens when they, when they go quiet, right? And then, and they go to bed. So just having that omni-channel approach, I think it's a very huge win that a lot of uh, brands can already, you know, start figuring out. And most tell desks right now support that anyway. So I think that's a pretty good win there. Awesome. Thank you so much. I know that you have... Uh, there's two questions I have here. One is, how do people get a hold of you if they're interested in learning more from you or learning more about LTV Plus? Oh, great. Um, so they can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Just look for GQ and uh, LTV Plus and you should be able to find me there. I'm, I'm very happy to share more about you know um, ways that you can improve customer experience with chat, email, social media, voice, or, or whichever. Awesome. And then uh, they are actually going to have an awesome discount code, which will obviously be in the show notes. Uh, but I'll say it out loud here. So it's on H-O-N-E-C-O-M, E-C-O-M, LTV 2020. Uh, and that's going to give you 25% off discount for the first 3 months if you're actually looking to implement a solution like this and you want to talk to LTV Plus about it. Yep, that's correct. <laughs> I, I was like wondering what was the what was the promo code again? I was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I think you read that right. Yeah, and that's why I have the uh, pre-show form. You know, it's so it's because I'm not going to remember it either. <laughs> yeah, that, that 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 is that is correct. That is, that, that is so true. Awesome, GQ. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for your time, Chase. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their journey and knowledge with us today. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our businesses. Links and more information will be available in the show notes as well. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, feel free to reach out and learn more at electriceye.io slash connect. Also, make sure you subscribe and leave an amazing review. Thank you.